Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad to have you with us uh, this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson back with us. First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us and appreciate you tuning in. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, where you'll find the best barbecue in the land. They cook it fresh seven days a week. Right here in Hattiesburg, you can dine in, you can drive through, you can have it delivered to your house. Uh, They've always got a special of the month. They'll always have great, great food. So uh, no matter how you choose to enjoy it, just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald joins us each and every Thursday. We're going to be talking about coaching searches about football. Kelly Sander will be joining us later in the show. But first, let's get the professor on board. All right, Professor, a terrible loss at the hands of Tulane following a loss at the hands of Louisiana Tech. I just wonder, have the two losses, in your view, ended the possibility uh, realistically of uh, the interim coach becoming the permanent coach, or is it too early to jump to that conclusion? Well, I I think there's still a possibility. If Scotty kind of uh, gets the team back together and gets them playing well and maybe – Win four or five ball games here, you know, over the next few weeks. I think you know Scotty could even really help his case. You know, just as you hit a low point, if, if the guys respond to you from that point forward, he can still make a case for himself. But uh, as of right now, it's not looking great for Scotty's chances. I mean, that was one of the more embarrassing losses in the history of the Southern Miss program. Uh, Tulane had never scored more than thirty-five points in a game against Southern Miss in the history of the rivalry. And uh, the Green Wave hung sixty six on them, uh, so so that's yeah that's that's not a um, uh, not a not a good start for his chances of becoming the, the head coach on a full time basis. And if that happens, of course, uh, athletic director Jeremy McLean will be looking elsewhere for a coach. And Deion <laughs> Sanders is gone. We know that he after that was kind of everybody's joke. He suddenly becomes the head coach at. Uh, at Jackson State. The other name, guys, that's been floated around a lot is Hugh Freeze. And we happen to have uh, some audio from Hugh Freeze when he was asked about uh, the potential of a Southern Miss coaching job earlier this week. Luke, I'm going to let you set this up, and then we'll uh, come back and uh, get everybody's observation of what we're about to hear. I think everybody knows who Stephen Ray or Stingray is, kind of a rabid SEC fan, has a weekly show on Facebook, and uh, Hugh Freeze was was on the, the Stingray show earlier this week, so we give the credit out to uh, to Stephen Ray of this. But this is what Hugh Freeze said, uh, kind of an interesting question, kind of a unique question, but he talks about Southern Miss here. They can see uh, down in Hattiesburg in Southern Mississippi. Uh, but is your wife happy or talking about the real estate prices there in Hattiesburg? <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time, it, it, it's a, this, this world is so crazy, man. We're two games into the season. People are already talking about job openings, and it's uh, 
I'll say this, man. We love it on the mountain here. They've been so good to us, and uh, I think uh, their commitment level here is pretty phenomenal, and we built a really nice house right on the mountain. I, I can see it, as I said, in the, in the office at the stadium, so uh, we're very blessed. Uh, obviously, Hattiesburg is a great place also, and uh, where my wife and I met and uh, went to school. And um, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that turns out. But it's, it's way early to start talking about any coaching vacancies for sure. All right, uh, Patrick, Hugh Freeze, Hattiesburg's a nice place. It's where my wife and I met. His is the name that uh, seems to circulate the most. Your thoughts about what you just heard? Uh, I mean, I, I really don't see Hugh Freeze as, as a candidate to be the next Southern Miss coach. He makes close to $2 million uh, there at Liberty. Uh, Southern Miss would have to find some resources that they just haven't had before uh, to bring him back to. Uh, I think if, if Southern Miss offered him somewhere in the neighborhood of what he makes at Liberty, yeah, he'd probably consider it. But um, it's, I mean, to go from, you know, you know, Jay Hobson was making 500 grand. He makes close to $2 million at Liberty. Uh, you know, you'd have to find that money somewhere. And it's been, it's been tough here the last few years for Southern Miss really to kind of. Uh, generate big money projects. They've been able to do things like, you know, build the uh, uh, the volleyball gym, which was somewhat controversial. And then you have the the baseball project, where you're able to put some turf on the uh, new turf on the field, and and you were able to boost the assistant coaches' salaries a little bit. But uh, that that's that that involves a lot of money, a lot of investment to, to put up, you know, 1.5 plus for a new football coach. And at Southern Miss, that's going to be really tough to do. I think Hugh Freeze would probably enjoy coming back to Mississippi. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the, I, I just don't see how Southern Miss can meet the financial demands of that. Luke Johnson, let's just say for a minute, let's fantasize <laughs> that uh, Patrick comes up with the money uh, and Hugh Freeze takes the job. How much excitement would Hugh Freeze coming to Southern Miss generate amongst the fan base? Mississippi would then become the already with Dion coming on top of what Ole Miss and State have. I mean, it would become, uh, yeah, pretty much the most talked about state in college football. Um, Patrick, yeah, okay. So here's my question, Patrick. He he's an independent, so you can't really play for a championship at Liberty. You're never going to play for a national championship. Is there any incentive? I mean, as a I mean, as a millionaire, because that's what he, he is as a collegiate coach. Is there incentive to step down? I think two ways: you could compete for a championship every year, and secondly, you could basically earn street cred again in the deep south, and maybe an SEC job would pop up in three or four years. I mean, don't you think that? It, it, Everybody likes the money. I get that. And, and I'm, I'm trying to be objective here, but I think there's a double incentive there. I don't necessarily think that he's going to get another uh, SEC job winning at Liberty. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, there, there are downsides to Liberty jobs. Uh, but, you know, it's if you're in the group of five, which you could, you know, I consider mostly those independent schools in that group of five, and, uh, it, you know, and Liberty is is just in a, in a good position to get into a ball game, and you know win ten nineteen ball games as Southern Miss is. So, uh, you know, yeah, playing for a conference championship is nice and all that, but in the long run, I think Hugh Freeze can put himself in a better position if he piles up the wins there at Liberty. Now, maybe he could get a better job if he piles up the wins at a Southern Miss, 
but he's giving up, you know, financial stability for his, his family going forward. I know he's already got money, uh, but it, it's a family that's grown accustomed to, to living a certain uh, way of life. And uh, coming down to Southern Miss and making those six fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars a year uh, just isn't going to be close to the standard that he's got right now at Liberty. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean there are valid points to that. If Southern Miss could somehow, I mean, I, I know there is the potential of Southern Miss to raise some money from certain boosters, but that's a lot of money uh, to go from say five hundred grand to one point five plus. Uh, that's that's a huge step. Uh, so the likelihood it, it just does not seem likely. To you know, Patrick, I, I, I'm not going to speak for you being in the in the newspaper business. In the radio business, clearly, I, I, I pursued the wrong field when we're talking about an $800,000 a year job being a big step down. Is that the way it is in the newspaper business? <laughs> no, no, there is no money in the newspaper business. So I, I, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't even know what, you know, I suck at math to start with, and that's a big reason I am a journalist, and for me to have to figure out all these salaries, it's really a nightmare on a daily basis. <laughs> a step down to make 800 grand a year. Man, that must, uh, that must be a nice problem to have. Patrick, is the Southern Miss job still a really attractive job? Sure, yeah. I mean, for a lot of people and, uh, you know, coordinators and, and, you know, head coaches at the FCS level and even head coaches at some other group of five programs, I think Southern Miss will be a, an attractive job. But, uh, you know, it, it, you know, going back to when they hired Larry Fedora, it was really up there among the best group of five jobs because they were competing for conference championships. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fan support was really kind of at a, an all-time high in year number one. And they just – happened to make a bad decision after Fedora left. So uh, it, it's still a good job. Todd Munkin won that job. That's a good football coach. Uh, the, the Jay Hobson hire obviously was under an odd circumstances right before signing day. Uh, you know, I, I know everybody kind of wishes uh, that could have happened, say, right after the end of the, the uh, 2015 season. Uh, it it would have been interesting to see who would have ended up being the Southern Miss football coach. But at this point, yeah, I still think it's, it's an attractive job. You can win there. You can put yourself in a position to, to get a you know a power five job at a really good school. Uh, so yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely it's an attractive job. It'll get a lot of suitors. I, I but I don't see it really kind of getting the uh, the quality of candidates they did back in uh, 2007, whenever they hired Larry Fedora. All right, we've got Patrick McGee on the Eagle Hour. We're going to take a three-minute break. Patrick and Luke are going to put their heads together during the break and figure out how to come up with this $1.5 million to secure Hugh Freeze, and we'll have the answer to that when we come back. Stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. The bad news is Patrick and Luke did not come up with the money during the break, but we're going to be working on that. And when we do, uh, we will, of course, pass that on. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. 
a great place to buy Southern Miss Apparel for your house, for your car, for your body. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street right across from the corner of the campus. And uh, you can also shop online at campusbookmart.net. All right, Patrick, uh, back to reality. Uh, The Golden Eagles get ready to play uh, North Texas Saturday. And uh, news today that the starting center has been lost maybe for the season. Yeah, Trace Clopson apparently has had his appendix removed. Uh, that you know, if if he's not playing on Saturday, that is a loss just because it hurts the overall depth of the offensive line. They do have other guys who have seen a fair amount of time at center in practice. Uh, it's a, kind of something they've been preparing for. Uh, I think there was a little bit last, a little bit of time last year where Clopson was out. So uh, you know, they'll be able to plug somebody in. Uh, you know, I think they blocked a little bit better last week in the ground game and, and some, you know, against Louisiana Tech, they did a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, that's a significant loss if you always lose your center who's been there for a long time. All right, Luke. Before we get into that, I just want to let you know, Bob, I did find out how to get the money. That's here. Patrick has like a realistic, uh, you know, maybe a bond issue or something. Right. I think my back pay from the Eagle Hour all these years should be able to get us at it least could a cover year it. and a half. I'll for, speak for to for Steve you. Davenport yeah. about that later this afternoon, but I think we might want to lean more toward the bond issue, to be perfectly honest with you there, Luke. <laughs> yeah. So, Patrick, with, with Clopton out, um, Louis Paul Smith officially listed as the backup center. You think, we were talking during the break, probably Coker Wright would, uh, could possibly also swing over from right guard, and then you gotta, you know, you plug somebody in there, uh, Sturdivant, um, at, at right guard. So there will be some new faces this week. Right. And I think Arvin Fletcher has worked some at center before. I would think he would stay. I think they're talking about, they're talking about possibly shuffling around guys. Uh, uh, after last week's game. So, yeah, we we were probably going to see a little bit different lineup uh, for the North Texas game anyway. Uh, but taking Clopton out, it'll be, I think it'll be a very different-looking offensive line. One more question about um, player-wise, and then I want to ask you a few about North Texas. So Marquise McCoy enters the portal this week, another wide mm-hmm. receiver that transfers out. I guess that bothers me for two reasons. McCoy was playing a lot. Um, Brownlee kind of became the featured uh, receiver last week, but I mean, but Demarcus Jones really had more targets. But McCoy um, has played a lot. Uh, he's kind of been a journeyman. He came from Delta, but it bothers me also that that's Scotty Walden's you know position group that you have players transferring out of. I mean, does does McCoy transfer bother you at all? Uh. No, not really. I mean, I, I remember seeing him during the Tulane game and thinking his body language didn't look right. Uh, I don't think he was really – I think he probably heard it from the staff and uh, that may have contributed to it. I know that I think there's one pass play headed his direction against Tulane where he really just didn't put the effort in necessary. So uh, I think, you know, I, I didn't, I'm not going to read into that too much, but uh, he was mainly used, I think, as a blocking receiver. He was a really big – uh, 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 guy out there, receiver. Uh, Jack didn't really throw his way, way a whole lot, and I think there's probably reasons for that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think really losing him will hurt much, but uh, obviously your overall numbers of receiver go down slightly. Demarcus Jones has become with with Tim Jones out. He's kind of that kind of uh, security blanket on some short tosses, and uh, Brownlee, of course, is showing some potential out there. But I'd really like to see him get closer to five or six catches a game, not just the two or three. Uh, he's obviously can can make things happen out there, uh, uh, but you know this offense I think is going to click fairly well at some point this season. Just haven't got there yet. 
Uh, but I think in the second stretch where you have a lot of these first-year JUCO guys, uh, once they kind of get these first few games under the feet, I think the offense will uh, get going in the second half of the season. But as evidenced by last week, they're going to have to score a lot of points to win football games. North Texas 1-1 one one on the year, and if you are the main grain, you're licking your chops uh, after watching last week. North Texas is averaging 46 points a game. They're averaging right at 620 yards a game. That that really jumps off the page to me. But at the same time, they're giving up 640 a game. And as atrocious as uh, the Southern Miss defense has been at times, Eagles are giving up less than 500 yards a game, which is not good. But I'm just saying, you look at this North Texas defense, they're giving up 150 yards more. And so you got to feel like this is going to be a very, very high-scoring game. It, it could be entertaining from its incompetence, I guess. I, you know, it's, it's the de- Defensively, this is not going to be the, the greatest display of football on Saturday, probably. We all know Southern Miss, maybe at some point they can get that thing going. Uh, on defense, but right now they just don't have the numbers to rotate out there on the defensive line or quality numbers, I should say. Uh, secondary at times has shown a little bit of progress from week to week, uh, but you know it's it's still trying to figure this thing out. And I know Tony Pecorero, the defensive coordinator for Southern Miss, admitted you know that's that two lane game one is one he's going to remember for a long time. And uh, that whole defensive room has got to really uh, want to respond from the two lane game and just show you know just show a little fight. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot about this squad on the road at North Texas. Uh, but this is a game that, it, it, you know, if the offense gets rolling a little bit, it's a game Southern Miss can win. But uh, just granted, North Texas has got the home field advantage, probably a little bit more confident. Southern Miss is a little bit beat down at the moment. Uh, SMU, who beat North Texas, is a really good football team. So uh, it, I, I would see North Texas as a favorite on Saturday. Patrick, my boss asked me earlier today what were the what have been the two best teams in Conference USA over the past couple of years, and I told him uh, overall I thought it would be UAB and Louisiana Tech. Was I wrong? No, and I you know in Louisiana, I, you know I think Skip Holtz is a good football coach. Uh, he, his teams were always consistently good at East Carolina. His teams have been consistently good at Louisiana Tech. I thought it was really smart when they hired Holtz. And of course, you know UAB's got the you know arguably the best football coach in the conference in Bill Clark. So, if you make the right hire, you know you can put yourself in position to compete in Conference USA for a good uh, you know five or six years. And and uh, they made the right hires whenever they got their new football coach. Boy, that's a that, that's a lot, isn't it? The, the decision of who you bring in to run the program is just uh, it's just hard to overemphasize how important that is. Yeah, I mean, it's a relatively level playing field in Conference USA in terms of facilities and overall resources. You know, Southern Miss doesn't have the – it has one of the smaller budgets in the conference, but there's a lot of other things that go Southern Miss way. Uh, so if you make the right, right hire, and, and I think Southern Miss will sweeten the coaching salary a little bit, uh, I, you know, it's, it's definitely a program that can play for conference championships. Right. All right, we've got about three minutes left. I'm going to throw this out to both of you boys because I know you're both big Houdat guys. Uh, one and two, Patrick, uh, and your quarterback, great player that he is, just doesn't seem to show the arm strength that we saw just a couple of years ago. Are we beginning to see the end of a great career in Drew Brees? It, it, it's looked like that. I mean, there, there have been stretches where Drew hasn't played well, uh, and maybe he'll, you know, won't admit his, you know, his shoulders a little sore on him or something else is not quite right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the team. Uh, Drew, you know, I thought he played okay last week. 
it was really the two games prior to where he he really didn't make the throws that he needed to make. Uh, so yeah, I mean, right now Drew is not in a good place. The the defense, you know, I think the Saints will be fine as long as they win. You know, nine games. I think that you know they're going to win that division. I think. Uh, so I, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a good team. They're just not playing up to their standard. But the, the Saints are notorious about slow starts to the season. Right. Uh, uh, so I, you know, I'm not panicking at this point, but I think they need to find out different ways to get Taysom involved. Uh, maybe even get Jameis involved on occasion. Uh, uh, Drew just can't make all the throws anymore, and really hasn't been able to make all the throws for a good three or four years now. Uh, are you panicking, Luke? No, Sean Payton uh, did give Den- Dennis Allen the stink eye at the press conference the other day, though. Um, they they kind of ask uh, why were they able to run the things they were on the offense, and Payton looks off in the direction of Dennis Allen and says, "We all know why," or something like that. So, yeah, uh, the defense got it got to straighten up, and you really felt like the defensive line uh, would would be put a little more pressure. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't mad. I was listening to Deuce McAllister talk about it the other day. I wasn't really mad about the Taysom Hill call, the zone read, the fumble that kind of let him in. Um, I will say this, and Patrick Bob is going to kill me when I say this, and I know it's already coming. Mm. If the Saints can go one game without a pass interference call, I will buy lunch for a lot of people. <laughs> I just don't think it's impossible in the NFL. Yeah, that's, yeah, too many, way too many penalties is an issue, and that's something that that should they should be able to clean up quickly. Patrick Luke believes they have it in for the Saints. That the officials have it in for the New Orleans Saints. Well, there have been moments where he certainly thinks that, but uh, I think they pretty much there is one or two bad calls on Sunday. I will say, but overall, I think they pretty much earned those penalties. Well, I'm going to tell you both something as an outside guy looking in. It's really early in the season. I think the Saints are about a 500 team normally uh, in the first month of the season, and I think there's plenty of talent there, and I think the Saints will be. In the playoff hunt when it's all over, Patrick McGee. Yeah, I think so too. Hey, great conversation with you, Professor. Enjoy it and uh, enjoy talking to you each and every week. Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about after this game Saturday night. I'm sure we'll look forward to hey, having you back next Patrick, week, Patrick. P- pick up a yeah. pick up a side job like let's you and me open up that snow cone stand. We'll get that Hugh Freeze salary. Let's get going, that okay? money going there, boys. That's a lot of snow cones. Talk to you later, <laughs> Patrick McGee. Everybody. Biloxi Sun Herald, if you want to donate to the Hugh Freeze Foundation, we'll give you Luke's cell number uh, before the end of the show. Kelly Santer, he's not going to donate anything, I can tell you, but he'll be up next. Southern Miss to the top. Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Patrick McGee from the Bloxy Sun-Herald joining us in those first two segments. And look, it's 2020. Anything can happen. Some of you have been laughing at us for two segments, just talking about Hugh Freeze and Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. You know, if if uh, the present staff didn't work out. Look, it's 2020. Anything can happen, Okay. Anything can happen. That's all I got to say. Deion Sanders wasn't supposed to be uh, in at Jackson State, so anything can happen. Laugh at me all you want to. I'll go have sweet dreams tonight. 
Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 Lunch. Slade White and his great crew over there always have something going on, but the lunch is excellent. Go see our friends over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also want to tell you about DBAT and D1 Training located in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street slash Highway 98 in the old Gaddytown building. DBAT is a f- baseball and softball academy. That's on one side. D1 Training's on the other side. Great place for your kids to get uh, some great training for some great coaches. And then on the other side, you to get in some of the best shape of your life at D1 Training. They're on board with us. With Eagle Hour, get on board with them today. Kelly John Sander. Go ahead, Kelly. Stretch it out just like 30 more seconds. Seconds. The pipe dream of if he freeze came back to his alma mater. Well, can, can I get to that in a second? But I, I just wanted to give another plug to DBAT because you know I, I heard about this beautiful facility. Go in there and look at it. And I they they put me on the stopwatch like Rick, Rich Eisen, you know. And I get down the field and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I said, Yeah, man, I covered that hundred yards and no time flat. And they said, uh, Mr. Kelly, and I said, What? They said that was only seventy yards. <laughs> <laughs> In 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, suffice it to say, I have lost a step uh, right, right, right. over time. Um, you know, I don't know. Hugh Freeze has got tons of money, um, and he could do it out of the goodness of his heart. But the only thing that I would say in that regard is, is and no disrespect to any college football coach, any guy wanting to make a living, I totally get it. But what other coach has ever done that? Other, other than, you know, a guy that needs a job, hmm. you know, has ever given up a significant amount of money to take a far less paying job. Just doesn't I'm happen. Leaving. Yeah, you, you will grant me that it doesn't happen that often. It doesn't um, happen, but I can dream. I can, I can just it's say, 2020. You know, if it doesn't work out with this staff, I can dream. Okay, I just, well, the way, the way I just that wanted you your, up your opinion. The way that you were setting up this segment, too, Luke, I didn't know if you wanted me to talk about the latest rumor out of Jackson State or leave it alone. You know, I, I mean, well, just do it. I mean, let's, ahead, let's, man, let's all leave it out there. Let's let is let's be the purveyors of mostly fake news today. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the uh, the the latest rumor out of Jackson State, and remember, uh, it was supposedly shot down that Deion Sanders was not going to be the head coach at Jackson State. Of course, it turned out he is now. Uh, r- reports are that Emmett Smith. <laughs> the running back, former Dallas Cowboy running back, has uh, has uh, texted Deion Sanders and said, "If you need a running back, running backs coach, I know a guy." Mm. Kind of a wink, you know, emoji. Mm-hmm. So now the rumors are starting to fly that Emmett Smith, who has all the money in the world and all the time in the world on his hands, that Emmett Smith might be considering a running backs position with Jackson State. However. Yesterday on the Paul Feinbaum show, uh, Emmett said he was just kidding, but he didn't. He didn't really. He didn't really argue that case very fervently. Okay, so you never know. Like you said, it's twenty twenty. So we'll keep an eye on that. Some things we do know uh, that are going on for sure: the Mississippi High School Activities Association on the cusp of of the governor Tate Reeves stating that, uh, that things are are better for the time being. As far as the state's dealing with the coronavirus, the MHSAA Board of Directors voted today to allow basketball and soccer seasons to begin on time 
which that uh, whoop, whoop. that's certainly a positive note. Soccer and basketball usually begin their practices in November with games to start you know, in the middle of November. So with the numbers down across the state and with the proviso that things could change if, if the virus got out of hand once again. But for now, the MHSAA has voted that soccer and basketball at the high school level will begin on time. Of course, that also means that attendance for MHSAA events are now 50%. However, that does not apply to junior colleges and colleges, which that's kind of an interesting note. But the high schools do get an increase of uh, fans, but JUCO and colleges don't. And out of the NFL today, sources are saying it's all but done that Julio Jones may be headed to the New England Patriots, that the deal is, in fact, done. It just hasn't been announced, so we'll have to wait and see. Julio Jones, the wide receiver out of Atlanta, may be headed to the evil empire. Hmm. Just <laughs> when you boys it. thought the Patriots were on the downtick, right? No. No. <laughs> no. I, you know, it, it's amazing to me. I said this a couple of weeks ago. My whole perception of the, the, the Patriots has, has, like, changed, and I really feel it's because of Tom Brady. Like, I have Cam Newton's on my fantasy football team, so I'm always – I just glance at what the Patriots are doing. But whenever I watch the Patriots, like a couple drives, there's no animosity rising up in me. I have no idea other than the fact that I think it was Tom Brady. Well, guys, you can say what you want to about Cam Newton, but he's a heck of an athlete. and he's fun. It's fun watching him play football, Kelly Sander. Yeah, and, he's, and he has – and it's, it's interesting to me, too, that when – whoever it is, when they go to New England, if they've had any – checkered past that they seem to, to turn on a light switch and behave themselves right in every way shape or form because i guess when they get to new england you better act right and do right or the emperor you know will, will flush you and and it's a legitimate chance to win a super bowl ring yeah i heard cam i, I heard him talking about cam newton in the opening game and he said the most refreshing thing about going to New England was that all the outside noise just got blocked out. All the noise that had surrounded him, all the political stuff that was going on, all disappeared, and it was nothing but football. And uh, that, you know, I, I would think for athletes that can be refreshing if, you're, if your past haunts you a bit, Kelly. And, and you just look at, look at cons- consistency means so much at any level, whether it's a high school coach that's been, you know, at a successful at a place for a long time you know college coaches uh consistency means everything and that's part that's part of what the eagles are struggling with at southern miss is that they've gone through how many athletic directors in the past five years right they've been through how many head coaches in the past five years right and it and it's getting to the you know when people talk about even when we talked about hugh freeze here a little bit earlier as a Southern Miss fan, I, I, I really don't even want necessarily to, to talk anymore publicly about you know, who, who might be the next coach because it's almost, you're almost Hex and Scotty Walden, you know, and you want, you want him to do well. Um, but Absolutely. you just can't help but thinking the more people talk about it, it, it does that make sense, or am I talking? Well, I think it makes sense, but I think the reason you're hearing so much talk about it is is the results. Let's just be honest; the results have not yeah. been good so far. Right, right, but but it's kind of the chicken versus the egg thing. Part of the you know maybe has been consistently, like I said, we've been consistency. We've been through a number of athletic directors, uh, you know, a number of coaches. Mm-hmm. Even, the, even though Coach Hobson was here, what this was his fifth season uh, or, or fourth. 
Um, well, but here's a question. When, when do you look above all of that to see if potentially there is a reason for all of this inconsistency? When do you look at the top of the administration and say, well, all of this has occurred under this administration? Is that the problem? But do you, but do you, because the athletic, and that's a fair question, Bob, but here's the way I would answer that, is the athletic department is supposed to be separate. It's supposed to be funded separate. You know, the university, the academic side is one side, the athletic side is the other. The two aren't supposed to, you know, commingle funds or whatever. So do you blame it on the athletic director? Or do you, if, if there's any blame to be placed, do you place it on the athletic director? Or do you place it on the university president, who in theory is the athletic director's boss, but is not funding any of that? Any of no, the but, but does have decision-making. And, and, you know, in all honesty, we saw that with Art Bryles' controversy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's certainly a fair question and probably you know, needs to be discussed. I'm not uh, saying that is the apathy, problem. I'm just saying is apathy. Apathy is a decision, guys. Right. Non-concern is a decision, guys. Correct. Correct. It goes all the way to the top. Correct. Correct. And I, and look, can anybody argue that a successful football program brings kids to the school, brings athletes to the school, brings money to the school? And I just think more academia people ought to realize that, you know, football, football above every other sport, guys, can, can drive up your student body, your income, your resources, your publicity. I don't see how you overlook the importance of it. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up that point, Bob, because academics tend to believe numbers, right? If there is data, they will believe it. And you can talk to any president across the country when the football team in particular no question is successful enrollment goes up no question there's no and that there is all kinds of data to support that notion it's very very important whether you're a football fan or not in material the the health of your football program at a major university has a lot to do with the health of your university that's just my opinion no, you know, that's for sure. There's data to, to financially, there's plenty of data to support that. All right. Eagle Hour, last segment. Next, stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Search their entire inventory, new vehicles, pre-owned vehicles, certified vehicles, all there at toyotahattiesburg.com. You can also value your trade-in, secure financing, and uh, get everything ready for your next vehicle purchase. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. We continue with the one and only Kelly Sanner. Um, 
don't know where to where to take this next. Uh, but but to go back to to what you said uh, about coaching stuff, Kelly. I I have said multiple times on this program today that I, I desperately want Scotty Walden to do well. Scotty Walden does well. Southern Miss does well. I'm I'm sure. all for that. Uh, we've been throwing around the banner with with Hugh Freeze or whoever else, Will Hall or. Or uh, the 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 Johns guy at Memphis, Kane Womack from from Temple or from from uh, Indiana as a defensive coordinator, Austin Davis uh, maybe as an offensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but but Kelly, it boils down to it. We just want to see Golden Eagle football be what we know Golden Eagle football to be. I know it's a different age. I know uh, it's very difficult for a group of five schools. I get all that. At the same token, Bob made a comment and Patrick made a comment earlier that really across the board in Conference USA, maybe a few schools here or there, but you know, facility-wise, um, it, it's it's kind of roughly in the same arena. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and one of the other one of the big topics of discussion too, when you run into uh, Golden Eagle fans, you know, as if you could snap your fingers and make this happen, but everybody says, "Well, we got to get out of Conference USA." We got to get out of Conference USA. Uh, okay, I grant you that, and I, and I told you I'm a big fan geographically of the Sun Belt and, and how that would work out for us economically as far as travel and all those sorts of things. But it's it's not a matter of just you know walking into the Sun Belt office and say we're here. You know, I mean you you have to you have to be invited. You have to make some of those dominoes fall to make things work. Um, but you know, if you want to leave Conference USA. You better be successful in Conference USA. You better bring a resume to the table that some other conference would want. You know, that would, that would make you more desirable to be in their conference. But as we look at it now, and we all know that in the South, football is king. Right now, when you look at the Western Division of Conference USA, you've got UAB in there. You know, you've got upstart Texas San Antonio. Heck, UTEP is 3-1. and one. We talked about this yesterday. So, I mean, on your side... Of the Conference USA ledger, if we can if we can barely break a pane of glass, you know, then then we it's just it just doesn't make the Eagles desirable to go to any other conference. Now, be honest, so, Kelly. Right now, UAB would be a much more attractive program to go to the American Athletic Conference, just for the sake of argument. I hate to say this, that would be a more attractive program than than Southern Miss. Yeah, and and, and the Eastern side, you know, Marshall is. Marshall looks terrific. Right. Marshall's getting right. you know votes in the top twenty-five. So, but but Marshall's kind of in that geographic boat with Southern Miss, where it's remotely located, not necessarily easy to get to, um, very small television market, and that could be a reason why you know Marshall hasn't uh, hasn't moved. But again, you have to bring something to the table that you could sell to the other conferences as to why Southern Miss needs to be there. And right now, speaking. With the, State of the program, it's just not there. Right. Speaking of coaches, Bob, you you threw it out yesterday. UAB has won what nineteen in a row at home. Right. Right. How in the so does Bill Clark? I mean, there's no way Bill Clark is at UAB next year. What? I mean, think about, they yeah. didn't have a football program four years ago. Right. Tremendous coach. It's unbelievable. Tremendous coach. Yes. National coach of the year year before last, wasn't he, Luke? A couple of years ago, he was the yep. national coach of the year. But you got you've got a med school there, you know. You've also you got a med school at South Alabama, you know. So right. two of them in the state of Alabama. So that means you know you're going to crank out doctors and 
Right. So that's that's going to help your alumni association financially well, somewhere I, down the road. I tell you another so coach, guys, and, and Luke. What about Skip Holtz? I mean, he's done one heck of a job at Louisiana Tech. You wonder when when and, you're going to see Louis, Holtz. Bolt. Louisiana Tech. Yeah, Louisiana Tech is is really in the same boat as Conference USA. When you want to do apples and apples. Their budget is about where Southern Miss is. Their revenue they take in is about where Southern Miss is. Right. But at the same token, they're you know they're on I twenty, um, you know, well however many three hours from Dallas. It, what what hurts is when you think about it over and over and over and over again. Hattiesburg had a much better football program and was just not the media market as SMU, Central Florida, right. uh, Tulane, and these others. And so that's really goes into the decision-making about who ends up in conferences. Well, you might not be able to get Skip Holtz, but his his dad is available. <laughs> <laughs> he's hanging out with Sleepy Joe. No, actually, yeah. he's a really conservative guy. I don't think he's hanging out with Sleepy Joe. Yeah, but Skip's only, or I mean, uh, Lou's only about, what, 88, something like that? Well, guys, why don't we do this this afternoon, Kelly? Why don't we just lay down, close our eyes, and think about the glory days when Luke and those guys were wearing the black and gold and, uh, you know, the the topic. you got to bring them back. Yeah, yeah. you got to bring them back. Bring back the black and gold. There we go. All right, that wraps it up. Been an interesting show, to say the least. Hopefully tomorrow will be the same. We'll tee it back up tomorrow at 1 o'clock and see what happens. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.